Welcome to the Making Space Podcast. I'm Jen Pillipow, and this show is dedicated to bringing awareness to our habits and their root causes because I believe that with awareness comes choice, and with choice comes change. And as a hypnotherapist, I know how much our subconscious minds influence us, but as a human on my own healing journey, I also know it's not always just about mindset. I understand how important integration and embodiment is and how those terms can feel confusing and hard to implement. These are the themes that I like to unpack in this show. This is season three, and I'm joined with my dear friend and colleague, Jennifer Kelly. Jennifer is a professional development trainer and positive psychology coach, and together we're exploring the effects of people-pleasing from our own perspectives, experiences, and circumstances. We hope our conversation sparks some insight in you. Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Inner Child Reparenting Workshop, now available on my website. If you have trouble with boundaries and saying no, if you have a harsh inner critic and unreasonably high expectations of yourself, if you're highly anxious and you worry constantly about what other people are going to think about you, and if you continually ignore and distract your intense emotions and your needs, then these are all signs that your inner child could use some reparenting and you are the best person to do this. This workshop will help you connect in, actively reparent, and work towards honoring and accepting this part of you. And by connecting into your emotions, you're embodying while releasing old belief systems, making space for fresh new perspectives, choices, and change. This workshop is available now, and you can get the link in the show notes or visit my website at jenpillipow.com. Also, if you are interested in a people-pleasing workshop delivered by Jennifer and I, we would love to know. So head over to the show notes, submit your interest, and let us know that we should get on creating that. And finally, if you're liking this show, please hit subscribe because this does help raise visibility so that other people can find it too. And that would mean so much to us. Let's go to the show. When you recommended that we talk about assertiveness I was like I don't know you're gonna have to lead all of this I don't I never think about assertiveness I don't know what it means I have an inclination of what it is and it's not a positive meaning and also my counselor months ago had sent me this book she's like you should read this and I'm like yeah 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 (laughs) like I'll get to that and then funny enough, I got it at the library and then you mentioned, let's, let's talk about assertiveness. And I'm like, well, no time like the present to read that book. <laughs> and funny enough, in my coaching session on Monday, um, we were talking about assertiveness and I was like, what do you think it means? And he, he, this person was like, um, I think it means being aggressive. I think it's not nice. I think it's, and I was like, yeah, you know, I didn't say this and I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought too. <laughs> I know you've taught a lot on it and you've probably created a lot of curriculum on it. So I'm super interested to hear your point of view and, and learn. (laughs) Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's one of these topics where I have a lot of knowledge, not necessarily the experience. Oh, so you need the practicum. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I need to, to be practicing what I'm building and what I know. I mean, my interaction, and I'm going to call it an interaction because assertiveness feels sometimes like it's a scary person. Yeah. (laughs) So 
Yeah. So my interaction or my first encounter with assertiveness training was like probably 10 years ago, a counselor I was seeing recommended that I do this six week group, basically, I guess, group therapy in specifically for assertiveness. So I did, I signed up. It was a six week course every Wednesday myself and others met in this group and we were taught how to be assertive and it included role playing, very intense role play. I distinctly remember one of the role plays we had to do every Wednesday until we basically um, were more assertive in the interaction was that we had to pretend someone showed up to our house unexpectedly for tea, but we didn't want to have tea and we had to say no. This is so good. Why don't they do this in school? <laughs> it was, oh my gosh, Jen. I, it was so stressful. Like everyone in the group, like our palms were sweating. Our <laughs> and the instructor would role play with us and she'd come in and she'd knock on the door and it was really realistic. And just like the dread of opening the door <laughs> and having to say, no, I'm, I don't want to have tea right now. <laughs> So it just, it's a really, it really pumps the adrenaline. I think it activates the fear response for a couple of reasons. One is one that you mentioned. A lot of people confuse it with aggressiveness because we hear so much about aggressiveness and even passive aggressive, but we hear very little about assertiveness, right? So the four, the four types, assertiveness, aggression, passive aggression, and then passive And those are kind of the four styles of assertive communication. And a lot of people have heard of the first, the other three, but they think assertiveness somehow means aggression, but it doesn't. And the simple definition is it's being able to express your needs, wants, and opinions in a respectful way that also opens the door for the other person to express their thoughts, opinions, And you have to use I statements, Mm. but if you do it in a respectful, non-threatening way, and if you combine it with some validation, such as I can see why this is difficult for you, I can see that you really want to have tea this evening, you came over with (laughs) the tea and some cookies, I can see that this meant a lot to you, unfortunately, I will not be able to have tea tonight. Well done. (laughs) So there's a couple of things that came to mind right away. And first of all, um, I think that that definition of it is what I would perceive as kind. And we talked a lot about that in season three, about the difference between being nice and being kind. It would be nice if you were like, okay, sure, come on in when you didn't want them to. But it's kind to, like you say, use an I statement and validate how you imagine they might feel about that which is really beautiful. And so the other thing that came to mind when you were talking is that um, using those I statements to express what you need and want, when I think sometimes for, I'll use myself as an example, because I've been people pleasing and approval seeking for so long, I often don't know what I need or want, especially in like a moment like that, where you kind of, you don't, you have to think on your feet. Yes. That that wouldn't be at my ready. (laughs) Yes. And and I can understand that. And it's, it's funny that you say that because one of the key components of assertiveness training is actually the preparation. 
So preparing the scripts, preparing the night before, actually scripting out your I statements or your I statement with validation. So it implies implicitly by the fact that you have to prepare so much that it's going to be challenging and it's harder to do on the spot. Mm. And I, I think that's very common. And I think unless you are really practicing every day, being assertive or stating what you want or saying no, you will be less able to do it on the spot. It really requires Mm -hmm. continuous everyday practice. Mm -hmm. And it can be a challenge. I am like you on the spot. I don't do well. I tend to be passive. My default is to be passive. So, or to people please and passivity is closely related to people pleasing. Mm -hmm. We will agree, but we don't actually want to do this. And we won't tell the person how we actually feel. Yeah. Just hide it. I'm trying to think in my life where I'm assertive. (laughs) I'm coming up pretty short here. (laughs) Do you have any good examples? Well, you just gave one. Well, that, no, that's another good question too. Like I remember um, in that group that I did, um, in the past that they did say that there was going to be certain areas where you'd find yourself being naturally assertive, but then others you are going to go to your default. So for me, it's with certain family members. I am extremely passive and I just, I have a lot of trouble being assertive mm. and in, and professionally I can do it, but I have to work myself up to it. I have to do a lot of I bounce it off the other person. I doubt myself, right? I And I doubt that, am I able to say no here? And I have to check it out with others. Then I have to build the script and then I'm able to do it. But it causes me fear as I think it does with a lot of people. Even though I teach this and I support it and I support others practicing it, it does cause me fear when I have to use it. Yeah, yeah, me too. And- I was just thinking about how you're right. So in certain circumstances, I'm able to know what I need and communicate those needs. So like in my own immediate family with my husband, my son, probably my mom, dad, my family, um, with Tim's family definitely need more preparation. Like I really need to think about what I need and how I'm going to ask for that need and how am I going to do it? in a kind way, but I really, really like, first of all, I like any kind of a formula when it comes to like emotional (laughs) difficulties. And so the formula that I'm seeing is like the I statement and the validation. And you know what? I think I've, um, this is maybe the first time I've heard about that validation. I think that's a really key part of it. Like you're, you're acknowledging what's important to the other person. And that really softens it. It does. And there is actually, which again, people don't realize because they either hear the word assertive and shrink back from it or want to avoid it, or they think it means they're being aggressive. Mm -hmm. But there's actually four different ways to be assertive. There's four different types of I statements. And I'm just share them with you and our listeners, because I think it would be really helpful. And there are scripts, of course, or formulas, as you talked about. <laughs> and, and I'm better with that too. And I just sort of follow 
uh, the script and, and I prepare it out. So here are the four assertive methods. So the first one is the classic I assertion. So it begins with the word I followed by a direct statement. So I cannot show you the file. I cannot have tea. So this one is where I think people feel like it's them being blunt or mean or aggressive because it's just this I statement, right? I will not. <laughs> like you're drawing a line in the sand. Yeah, exactly. And it's not very, negotiating. Yeah, right. It's very uh, direct. And what I say to to my learners and I say to listeners now and to you might be hesitating over that is that this is still possible with the right body language and approach. And you can also express, you know, why you made that decision, which helps the person feel like they're if the person does feel like you're being too direct, that will also help them if they understand why you are saying this statement and, and why you're making the decision. And for you, it helps too to just lower that anxiety. So I cannot have tea. Let me tell you why. And the more you keep going, the easier it, it will become. Mm-hmm. The the why part I've co- I've gotten into trouble in the past when setting a boundary. And then finding myself over explaining and that really like unenforced isn't the right word. I don't know if that even is a word, but it like really demoralizes the boundary. So I have to be really careful to not like over overstate why or over explain that. Yeah, that's so insightful, Jen. And especially if they're again, if we have some trepidation or or we're mixed up in people pleasing. Mm -hmm. I, th- I think that's a really good point people to be weary of. You could go down the road of, oh, and then the person can then be, you know, perceive a weakness there. Yeah. And yeah. Bring, right. And then bring you back to. to yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost like you start to just talk yourself out of it. <laughs> exactly. And that's why the, I guess the curriculum builders or the psychologists who created the assertive communication principles came up with three others. Right. That, <laughs> yeah. Right? That make it for people fun. like me that have a hard time stopping after they say no. <laughs> also, because there's so many different personalities and we all have an instinctive and natural way of communicating. So the second one is the one that you like and I like as well, which is empathy assertion, where you use validation. So after you express empathy for the other person, you then state your I statement. So it must be very frustrating to have showed up here today for tea and to hear that I'm saying no. However, I'm not going to be able to do tea with you this evening. Yeah, that's so good. So we just give them that bit of um, validation. Yeah. And then it helps us too, as the communicator, it helps with our anxiety because like you said, we know we're being, we're being kind. Um, Yeah, I like that one too. The other one I like is the third one, which is called expression assertion. And this is used in tense situations where there might be some conflict or the person is speaking negatively to you. Mm -hmm. So we we might say, I really want to resolve this issue. But when you raise your voice, I feel uncomfortable. So notice I'm still getting the I statement there, even though I might be being talked down to or the person is being let's just use the word mean or, or cruel. I'm still saying, look, I really want to work this through with you. But when I hear a raised voice, I feel. So there's always that I statement with all of you. Yeah. So good. Okay. So there's a 
person in my world that um, will sometimes get really overcome with emotion and have like a big blow up. And I've been really struggling with how to react to this because on one hand, I don't want them to feel like they can't have emotion, but on the other hand, it's really uncomfortable. It's a really unhealthy way to express the emotion. And so uh, like this, the way that you were describing it, it kind of reminds me of how to handle the situation in the way of look, look, it's okay to have an emotion. I understand that you might feel sad or overwhelmed, but it's not okay to, um, this is where I kind of get stuck, but it's not okay to react that way where you leave the room and you're crying loudly in another room and I can hear you. I would prefer, or it would be, I would, yeah, I would love it if you were be able to stay here and maybe talk to me or communicate what is upsetting you so that we have a chance to repair and resolve. Because when you leave the room, it doesn't leave room for us to repair. Right. I really like that. That that was good. Mm. I would even suggest getting to your I statement sooner, right? Mm. Just because it's, it's about communicating like what you need to resolve the situation, but what might also help them. So the sooner we get to the I statement, what we're actually looking for and what we would prefer and why, I think the message gets understood. Right. But more rapidly too. So I mean, yeah. in this, um, like I, you could just reverse it a bit. So you started off by saying when you leave the room, et cetera, et cetera. And then eventually you got to the yeah. I. Yes. I would do it in reverse. I would say, I feel, insert emotion, defensive, uptight, frustrated when you leave the room and you you go off by yourself. I feel that there could be a better way for us to solve this situation. Yeah. What if we looked at, and then you could pr- propose a solution. Yeah. yeah. See how I just reversed it a bit. I opened yeah. with statement versus when you instead I said when you do this and that's really the pinnacle of assertiveness Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah that's good see that this is a a place where I would need a lot of preparation like I need to role play with you (laughs) yeah well role playing is a really a really big part of it and again it makes people really uncomfortable because you know you're sort of in this situation Uh, where you have to, you feel very put on the spot and it does create a lot of stress. So that's why I I recommend like drafting the script before, Mm -hmm. but if you can master the I statement, Mm -hmm. everything becomes easier. The I statement is the key to everything. So we don't open with you or when you, it's I, right? I would like, I feel when, and right away, the person understands that we are speaking in a confident, assertive way. And then we can say, I really want to solve this though. Here's what I suggest. And then, you yeah, know, I really you- like that. And also I feel like it doesn't make the other person defensive because as soon as you're coming out with a you and you made me and <laughs> it usually doesn't exactly. go well. No, it, exactly. And I mean, why is this so hard for so many, for so many of us? I mean, there's so many reasons. I mean, if you are a kind, empathetic person, and we are like that, we get really affected by other people's emotions, it feels harder. Yeah. Some of us 
might have been just taught that assertiveness is wrong or aggressive. We're not naturally taught to express our own needs. No. So to do it requires practice, preparation, and I would say confidence in yourself and understanding that you have the right in a respectful way to state what you need or to say no. Yeah. I think that preparation is so important um, and probably overlooked because people might just try to jump straight to, oh, this is a situation I need to be assertive in. I've got it. And then it it doesn't really come out right. Mm -hmm. But that preparation is so important, not only in, you know, what words you're going to say, but in understanding your own needs and desires. And do you know what those are? Do you know where your boundaries are? And I think a lot of us, well, you know, spending so much time people pleasing, it's taken me a long time to understand what my needs are. And you said earlier, like um, something that came up was, am I allowed to say no here? That's the other, like, I'm constantly asking myself that, like, is it, can I say, can I say no here? Like, is that okay? Like, it's not something that comes natural. So like, I always need to weigh it out. Yeah, brilliant. And and it's very similar to how I just said earlier that I have to check it out with like three people yeah, before, yeah. before I can do it. Like the saying no is probably one of the most challenging areas of assertion for a lot of people and for me. Yeah. So like I said, when the client that I told you about earlier, I have a client who's, you know, putting off signing the contract is not giving me the information I need. And I set up boundaries around that first, and then I had a good sense of when the boundary had been crossed. I think that's important to know. Know when your tolerance or your, know what the boundaries are, and if they've been crossed, be prepared to make a a response. And I think trusting ourselves that we've set the right boundaries in place it's not like we reacted impulsively mm-hmm. and we have tried different things. And now we're at a point where we have to decline or push back or say no. And like you, I question it. And I don't know where that comes from. I like, why do we doubt our own experience, our own wisdom? Why? I don't know, but I do the same. I have to double check it with others. Then I can prepare my script and I'll say no. Mm -hmm. one of the biggest lessons and practices I have to keep learning is um, acknowledging how I feel and trusting that I actually feel it because I ignored my feelings and emotions for so long and I just ignored my own needs for so long that I'm still working on rebuilding that trust Yeah. And that's something I hadn't thought of either. And it's almost like trust with ourselves, right? Yeah. You know, trusting ourselves, trusting in ourselves that we're doing what's right for us and we're fulfilling our own needs. But if you're not good at taking, it goes back to our people pleasing mm-hmm. episodes. If we're not good at the self-care and the self-compassion, mm-hmm. recognize your top needs, let alone advocate for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's big, but there's, there's something really important about assertiveness. And when you're, what I would imagine is when you're able to do it, you're creating an opening to have an authentic conversation 
you're actually deepening your connection with that person because they're understanding the real you. And if there is um, anything that was misunderstood in the past, then there's a chance you're, you're opening that door for repair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so too. And we also, I think, teach the other person that it's okay to state how they're feeling as yeah. well. It's okay to have an open dialogue that's authentic, yeah. starts with I and is assertive and is expressive yeah. what, you, what you need. Yeah. I gives the signal to the other person that you can have an open, constructive dialogue. I can be assertive as well. Yeah, Yeah, that's so true. And I think um, the people that have boundaries with me, I have an easier time having boundaries with them because I know right away we're speaking the same language. (laughs) Yes, yes, I can understand that. I think two certain people just represent a bigger challenge like again, family members, or depending on, I guess, our experience or past experience with the person presents a, a bigger challenge. And, and that's one of the, again, the core things that came out of that group. Like I said earlier, there are going to be areas in your life where with practice and time and preparation, you will become better. And then there are other areas in your life where you automatically go back to your default style, which is mm-hmm. could be passive and there's a block between you and a particular person or group of people mm-hmm. and and that's the most challenging and that one takes a lot of deep dive work the self analyzing thinking about the people pleasing piece is that there somewhere mm-hmm. you know what what and i feel it's fear you know if i'm able to be assertive in other areas of my life what is it about this particular person and when i yeah. boil it comes down to fear. Yeah, I was taught, and I am thinking of someone in particular, I was taught to not <laughs> speak my mind or be assertive or have an opinion. If I did, I was punished. Yeah. So, so there's fear there. And worse. Yeah. yeah, we we will naturally revert to our distinct style. It takes it's like people pleasing. It takes discipline and practice and constant support of yourself. Mm-hmm. to be assertive. Yeah. So it's something interesting that I picked up from the book and the book is the assertiveness guide for women. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, but it, I think this ties into the preparation that we were talking about. So it says there's five skills of assertiveness. So self-reflection, I'll list them really quickly. And then I, I want to talk a little bit about each of them, but so the five are self-reflection, self-awareness, self-soothing, self-expression, and self-expansion. So if we think about the preparation that needs to go into, yes, there is script building and role-playing, but a lot of that preparation is going to be in that self-awareness. So really understanding what is it that I need? What is it that I want? Aware of how I'm feeling like that. And that acknowledgement and trust that I do feel that way and self-reflection, self-soothing. We talked about self-compassion. So being kind to ourselves in that process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, These are all things that we can practice in preparation for assertive communication. Mm -hmm. 
I think so too. And, and I think to go back to the three, um, four, sorry, the four assertive methods, I didn't mention the fourth yet, mm. can still support the other person. <laughs> like just because we're focused on being kind to ourselves and, and allowing ourselves to express our opinion, like we can still support the other person by validating their emotions, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, mind, asking them to be part of the solution. Like we don't need to look at assertiveness as a sacrifice you know, we're not being cruel to someone. We're not, we, we are being very focused and mindful in our approach. And we're going to try to think about their feelings while also protecting our own. Like there's room for both to care about the person and ourselves. That's really nice. Yeah. I really like that. That's so important because I, I feel like a lot of times, especially when we get into doing things that are scary, we start thinking about all or nothing and, yeah. Um, and you're right. It's, it's not th- this or that it's this. And, and it, it's useful. It's, it's healing for both people. Exactly. And another thing I remember too, is that, oh, I lost my point there. It was, it was really connected to how people respond. Right. Um, when we are assertive, like I said earlier, we give the person the chance to offer something, as we both said, but we also, we lower the anxiety and the stress that we're experiencing. Like, like, I think people think that being assertive is stressful and it is, it's going to be stressful regardless. Mm-hmm. And practice is going to help. The more you do it, the anxiety will go down. But the irony is I've also learned that not being assertive and getting trapped in that cycle of fear and avoidance, that's just as terrifying. You're right. Yeah. That's kind of like we talked about in the people pleasing season where it's like, you know, you, you say yes, when you know, you meant to say no, and you're, you know, you're just creating problems for yourself down the road. Yes, yes exactly. So one of those um, skills that I was talking about the self-expansion is being open to other people's point of view as being valid and holding space for the differences. And so, like you say, like when you validate their position and seeing their point of view, there's a, there's a lot of practice and there's other ways, I guess what I'm trying to say that you can practice that when not in the heat of the moment of trying to be assertive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is, goes back to the preparation that goes into to preparing when the preparation to to be assertive. (laughs) Exactly. Right. That, and that to me is part what what you just mentioned, then that piece uh, from the book is part of the, the self the assessment stage, right, where you're just mm-hmm. that deep dive and digging in deep and looking at person's perspective and what's coming up for you. And you're doing that. And then I almost see the second stage is building the assertive script, inserting the I messages, yeah. stage you'd like to be different, etc. Um, and then I think a third on talked about stage is the self-compassion and the self-support. Yeah. Even, even when I, although I did make the decision this morning to send that assertive message to the client I mentioned after I checked with my three, <laughs> with my three witnesses that <laughs> yeah, like, do I have, am I right here? Do I have the right to be assertive? It's like, 
you know, why do I have to do that? I just, I get crippled with self-doubt. And I think, I don't know what it is. That's something we can explore another time. But anyway, I did send the assertive message. And then I have to really support myself. Like I needed to say this. I did the right thing for me. I know that I sent the message in a very respectful way. And we're right back to the classic definition of assertiveness. You have the right to express your needs and opinions as long as it's done respectfully and you make room for the other person to do the same. Yeah. We have the right to Mm -hmm. say no, to express how we feel, and when to say that something isn't working for us. It doesn't mean we're shutting down the other person, we're not going to care for them, or that we're not open to listening, but we are stating this is not working for me, and we have the right to do it. So the third part is supporting yourself and just saying continuously over and over, it's okay. Okay. So there's a big piece that I want to get into about, um, you know, when you're like consensus building, like you're asking people like, is this okay? There's something that I want to dig into there, but before we do that, why don't you tell us the fourth? Oh yeah. So the fourth one is, is actually reserved for when someone is criticizing you or being again, being aggressive or maybe cruel. So instead, you know, fighting back or engaging in conflict with them or avoiding it, you actually ask them to explain what's behind the criticism. And this is an amazing de-escalation tool, really hard to do. But if you if you can do it, it's really effective. So basically, if someone is criticizing you or making a claim about you or your behavior, which is false, you ask for the specifics of it. So you might say, could you explain what happened to make you think this way? Could you let me know when you began thinking that about me and why? Mm. We're actually questioning the other person and we're drawing out their true motives. And often it's just that the person's upset over something else. And we also de-escalate because we don't respond with a snarky comment back or we don't just walk away. We say, okay, tell me about it. And it's an amazing de-escalation tool, very hard to do. I don't deny that this requires a lot of expertise and, and being very calm and secure in yourself to do. Yeah, that's really interesting because in the situation where I, I have this person in my life who will often have big blow-ups and kind of go out of the room, it's over really small things. What's happened is not the problem. It's other things and it's an overreaction because it's a moment where they're able to, um, you know, move that energy. Right. Um, so if I am using this model where, you know, I do my I statement and, um, and validate, and can we stay and, um, communicate about this rather than, you know, you leaving. So we have a chance to repair. This is when I would, I may need to bring in um this style because there's a lot of I would imagine old things coming up and probably some things that they're making assumptions for and maybe not even true 
Yes. And you know what, Jen, it reminds me of what you said earlier about the why part. You don't want to go in a hole with this either. So the other, you invite the other person to tell you why. And they're like, well, in 1980, you did this. (laughs) And then they, you know, it becomes a litany, like um, what you did wrong. And, And so what you do then is another technique called broken record. So you just sort of circle them back, like, Actually, I'm talking about the recent thing that happened right. that I'd like us to stick to that. Nice. <laughs> and then we just keep bringing them back, back. or doing yeah. that record, right? And again, so mm-hmm. hard to do. But you're right. There's potential here for it to go in a hole where you're like defending yourself. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, and that kind of gets you out of it. So I, I really like that. Okay, so when you were talking about how, you know, there's this client and you're considering sending this assertive email, I, I bump up against things in my business all the time. And I'm constantly questioning um, whether I should send that email or confront somebody because I'm not sure if I'm playing, if I'm triggered and I'm playing out a trauma or if this is like, if somebody didn't have my limiting beliefs or traumas, would they still feel the same way? Like, am I just being triggered? Am I reacting from a trigger? And what I go ahead. Or are you just doubting yourself? Or am I just doubting myself or is, um, would any, anybody feel this way? Yeah. You know, on one hand, I think it is important to, to do that, that kind of self at, you know, analysis and, And I think in some cases, yeah, you might be being triggered or it might be bringing up something from the past. I think that's maybe there anyway, but I don't think that lessens the the right we have to still be assertive, you know, to go back because here's where you and I really get trapped, right? The analyzing and this response, was it that like, and I think that's important. And I think we do that really well, but I also want to remind both of us that we still have the right to feel the way we did. We have the right to our feelings mm-hmm. in this situation. Mm-hmm. Don't like that decision. And you have the right to that. And you have the right to express that in a way that's conciliatory. And also that invites for what do you propose here? How can we reach an agreement here? Like it's that middle ground. To me, assertiveness is the middle ground between being passive and then boiling over mm-hmm. and, and then the over the top or, or aggression, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The, the bottom line here is I need to know what is happening in my calendar. And I don't feel mm-hmm. like waiting till the 31st. And I have the right to how I feel. You yeah. have the right, the way you feel about this decision. Yeah. Now yeah. we communicate it in a way that's respectful, <clears throat> structured, and invites the other person to work with us on a solution. Yeah, that's beautifully summarized. Um, I know that I need to really work on knowing what I need, knowing what I want, and that I have a right to my feelings. It's so crazy how hard that is for me. I know. And this is so I'll try to find this document. And I think I mentioned this to you years ago, that the commandments of assertive communication. Mm-hmm. And again, I received this from this group and it was created by psychologists, but it's so eye-opening. I think the top one is I have the right 
to express my feelings. Dead stop. You don't have to justify or validate yeah. your feelings. You have yeah. a right to them, right? It's what yeah. you do with them next, yeah. right? Like, yeah. So you have the basic right to feel as you do. You can analyze it and break it down. Maybe it is coming from a trigger or something else. If that's the case, well, maybe you'll change your, your viewpoint or the emotion you're feeling. But if it's not, if it's something you genuinely feel, you have the right to that. And then you get, you have the right then to express it or choose not to, or to ask for something different. And it, it's, it's hard because I don't think we're taught naturally to ask for what we want to say, I don't feel good about this. And it's challenging because the other person also might engage in conflict with us and we don't want that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but the bottom line is if we feel a certain way and we've done what I call the due diligence, i.e. we've analyzed our feelings, we've looked, hey, am I overreacting? We've done that analysis. We checked it out with people. Okay, I have the right then to express how I feel as long as it's in a respectful way. And I also can open it up to the other person to provide a solution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really good. and. I guess this is why I kind of keep coming back to self-awareness. Like, you know, it's, it's great to take new courses and it's great to work with all these different kinds of modalities and to understand our thoughts and our feelings. And just like that foundational practice of self-awareness and being aware of what we're feeling, what we're thinking, what we're needing and what we're wanting And within that practice, noticing what's coming up, because that's often when we'll need a lot of self-compassion, because how many times, I can't tell you how many times I've felt one way and then immediately told myself, you shouldn't feel that way. Right. Like, oh, I I feel resentment. Well, you shouldn't feel resentment. Like they've had a really hard life. Like you should feel compassionate, but I don't feel that way. Like, I'm sorry, I feel resentment. And that's, and so having a lot of compassion for myself and allowing myself the space to have room for those feelings that are stickier, like the guilt or resentment or anger, things that were never made safe to feel. Exactly. And I think it's, it's having the right to the emotion and then knowing that we'll choose a response that's not harmful or aggressive or one that has another motive. Yeah. Right. I think it makes it a little bit easier um, just to know that, you know what, this is okay. I don't have to say stuff like I shouldn't be this. I shouldn't be right. Like actually you feel a certain way for many reasons and that is okay. Giving that self-support. Then I think it's easier to, to move on to the other step, which is crafting the script. Right. Yeah. 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 And I mean, so, I mean, I just found here, I am going to search for that. It's actually called the assertive bill of rights. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll search for that, but I just wanted to also share with you and our listeners, the assertive script, and this might work for your situation and full disclosure. I used this script myself <laughs> last <laughs> night when I decided that I don't want to wait till October 31st to, to know if I have this contract, I'd like to know earlier. That was the decision I made. I accepted it. Then I had to craft these sort of message. So the script goes like, first we describe. So we describe the situation 
and in very specific ways. So we don't rope in what we think might have been the person's intentions or motives. And I think, Jen, that reminds me of the trigger piece. Mm. Like for us, we could assume that they're up to something or they're trying to take money from us or like, so we, we don't do any of that. We just be very mindful and we describe the situation as it is without the baggage that we might unconsciously mm-hmm. be putting on it. Oh, great. Then we do our I statement called express. So we might say, I get how this matters to you. However, I would like to see something different. We can also say, I feel I am Another piece of the script is to actually say the impact. So when I noticed that you set the deadline for November, it caused me some trepidation because I like to have my calendar filled by August, sorry, October. Then you specify, I want to know by October 24th. And then you state the outcome. If you're able to let me know what's happening a week earlier than you want, here's what I think could benefit both of us. And then you state the advantages of agreeing to, to basically in this example, to tell me a little bit earlier. That was really garbled, but hopefully. I know that is so good. Can you please email that to me? (laughs) Yeah, no, I absolutely will. It's so describe the situation without the, the baggage or also perceiving intentions or judgments express. That's the I statement, maybe I with validation. Then we talk about the impact. So how it made you feel and what it created in your mind or body. Then you specify, I want this. And then my favorite part is that outcome. Listen, if you can do this for me, I think we'll actually get along better or we'll be able to clear up misunderstandings in the future, et cetera. Mm, So good. And I will absolutely send that. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to need to keep that on my desktop. I know it's a lot and I feel like I really uh, babbled at you then talked at you a lot then, but. (laughs) Oh, I feel like I just learned so much. So yeah, this was really useful for me. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. And you know, again, I just want to close with saying like, I'm not, I really like assertiveness training. Like even as I talk about it, I realize like, wow, I really like it. And I really like inspiring others to do it. And I believe in it, but that's not to say I don't struggle with it. And it's not to say that it's not difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And I go through the same reactions that, that you do. And I think maybe where you and I get stuck is this analysis phase. Should I feel this way? I better check that out if this is okay. And is this based on something that happened to me when I was five? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Lost. And then, you know, when the time comes to be assertive, we're, we're just so trapped in our own thought yeah. process. Yeah. So we need to get a little better, you know, quick analysis. Yeah, I checked this. Okay, yeah. I still feel the way I do. I'm going to express it. Yeah, there's so many great tools in that.